Hello, and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Daniel's part of uh, City Life Church in Portsmouth, and you've probably recognised him. He's spoken quite a few times now over the last couple of years. I'm just going to pray for Daniel and then hand over to you. Father God, I thank you for my brother Daniel. I thank you for his love for you and for your incredible love for him and for all of us. Lord, we just pray this morning that you will anoint Daniel, that his words will be your words, Lord, that you'll give us open hearts to receive the word of God. Lord, that anything from him will fall away, but everything from you will just burn in us, Lord, will transform us and challenge us. In your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Waypoint. How are you all doing today? It's good to see you. Um, One of the questions people ask me when they see me is, how are you? How's life? How's things? It's a a typical kind of greeting that we give, isn't it? And uh, I was just thinking about this recently and thinking about, like, if I had to put a label on my life right now, what would it say? My label would say stretch. Anyone else feeling a little bit stretched in this season with juggling challenges and changes and stuff? I very much feel that this is a season of stretch. And I feel it's a season of stretch for the Church of Jesus Christ as well. I believe that there's a lot of challenges going on, there's a lot of changes, and sometimes it can feel a little bit overwhelming. But I want to encourage you that if you are here today and maybe you're feeling a little bit stretched and challenged by life, I want to encourage you to know that God's in the stretch. God's in the stretch. Because it's in that place that we, that we grow, that we develop. And even though it can feel uncomfortable, it can feel a little, we can feel a little bit out of our depth at times, it's how God prepares us for what is to come. And I think about Isaiah the prophet. In Isaiah 54, he talks about stretching your, your tent pegs, stretching out your, your tent and the curtains and lengthening the cords. It's all about getting ready for those who are to come. It's about us preparing ourselves with great expectation for what God's going to do. So be encouraged today. God is working all things together for your good, even the bits that you don't understand. Well, Jim, uh, thank you for the invitation for coming to speak. Thank you to all of you for um, being here. Um, Jim asked me to share a bit about expectation. Expectation. So I just started to really just ponder that and, and just bring this theme before the Lord. And I really felt like the Lord direct me to a scripture uh, in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 58. It's a very, very sobering scripture that we, we find in the word of God. This is Jesus. He's returning to his hometown. Uh, and it says that that he, w- he wasn't able to do many miracles. He didn't do many miracles in Nazareth because of the people's lack of faith. There was unbelief. Or you could say they had a low expectation. My prayer is that Waypoint won't be like Nazareth where not many miracles and signs and wonders were done because of a lack of expectation. And I believe that this is a sobering scripture, but it's a challenging scripture. Because I think, being honest, I think that there is a big problem in the church today that we have believers that are not believing. 
But we need to be believing believers. We need to, to have great expectation because really, if I'm honest, you know, for much of the church, we can go through the motions of playing church. We come along, we do our thing, we sing our songs, we listen to our message, but, but our expectations are low. It's quite passive. It's, it's kind of not really having great expectations. This is a problem in the church today. And as a result of low expectations, what's the result? We're not seeing a lot of the power of God moving in our, in our gatherings. And we know it's not just about our gatherings on a Sunday. To be a Christian is about every day of the week. It's about a lifestyle. We want to see the power of God moving Monday through to Sunday. But there's a problem, there's an issue with our expectation levels. But I believe that God is starting to stoke the fires in the church that is causing our expectation levels to rise. I believe that people are starting to get a bit desperate, starting to get a bit hungrier. And this is good because I believe that we're going to see more of the power of God flow. The Apostle Paul spoke about how that we can have a form of godliness, yet we deny the power. I want to ask you a question. Are you denying the power? Are you denying the, the full manifestation of what God wants to do in and through your life? Or are you just playing it safe? Are you just kind of, you know, I'm saved, I've given my heart to the Lord, and I'm just waiting for Jesus to take me home? I want, to, I want to challenge and say to you, your life is more than just about getting pie in the sky when you die. God has called you. He has commissioned you. He has equipped you. He has empowered you by His Spirit to be part of fulfilling His dream and His vision in the earth. God wants to use you in a powerful way. Now, when I think about this scripture here in, in Matthew 13, and you think about what? How, how did that happen? Like, Jesus is all powerful, he's, he, he's all knowing, he's a miracle worker. Like, how is it possible that, that he wasn't able to do many miracles in that situation? Was it that Jesus was lacking power? Was it that suddenly Jesus was off form? And therefore, he, he was not able to do what he'd done in other places of these amazing miracles, signs and wonders. Was he lacking in power? No, he was not lacking in power. God is never lacking in power. Jesus is never deficient in his power. He is all powerful. But it was about the expectation level of the people. And I want to encourage you to be a people that, that you have a high level of expectation. Yes, when you gather, when you come together, are you believing that people are going to be saved? Are you believing that prodigals are going to return home? And you've got this alpha course that you know Jim was just sharing about. Like, believe that it's going to be your most fruitful one yet. Are you believing that there's going to be people healed every week that you gather? But again, it's not just about when you gather Monday through Sunday that you're expecting that miracle signs and wonders will follow you. 
that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life, that you will not be in lack. There's something about the expectancy that when we have this expectancy, it almost becomes like magnetic. And I found this, you know, as I was preparing the message, and, and I really felt like uh, God was ministering and speaking to me. It's often amazing, I'm sure Jim and the other speakers here can relate, that when you're preparing messages, it's not just about preaching to, to the people, you're preaching to yourself. God is challenging and doing a deep work in your life. And so I found myself saying, Lord, I'm sorry for the times I've had low expectations. I'm sorry for the times that, that I've doubted you. Lord, increase my expectation. May I have great expectations because you are marvelous. There's nothing that you cannot do. All things are possible with you, God. But do we believe that? Do we believe that all things are possible with God? Now, if I wanted to charge my mobile phone up, my battery is running a little bit low, then is it possible for me to charge my mobile phone up in here? Can I do that? There's plenty of plug sockets I see around the sides here. So yeah, there is power. There's power, not, enough, not only enough power to charge my phone up, but there's enough power in this place to charge all of your phones up and those watching online as well. We charge everyone's phone. But let me say this, so, so there's not a lack in power, we agreed about that. There's no lack in power here, is there? Okay. But is it possible that my phone might not be charged? Yeah? If I don't plug in to the power that's available, this phone's going to eventually die. It's going to run out. And that's a powerful picture because when we come to God and we know that God's always there, he's, he's omnipresent, he's in all places at all times, we know there's never a lack of power. But for us, it's about us plugging in to that unlimited power to charge us up that we might see miracle signs and wonders. And my prayer is that miracles, signs and wonders wouldn't be a kind of an unusual thing. My heart, my prayer, my desire that we will be like in the book of Acts where miracles, signs and wonders, it was the norm. It was like you'd be surprised if something didn't happen because God's a powerful God and all things are possible with him. Now let me just say, we all experience times of doubt and unbelief. And not all unanswered prayer is about a lack of faith. Often there are many other factors that are at play. Some we may understand, some we might not understand. But it's important for each of us to grasp that Scripture is very, very clear that dwelling in doubt and unbelief, having a low expectation, can prevent us from walking in the fullness of all that God has for us. I want to read another passage of scripture out to you. This is in James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8, and it says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously 
to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Verse 6, but when you ask, you must believe. Turn to your neighbor and say, you must believe. You must believe and not doubt. Because here's, here's, here's the consequence here. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded and unstable in all they do. So when we ask, we need to have great expectations. We need to believe God's word. We need to believe in his promises. We need to believe that, that his, his word is true. I think that another reason of why the people of Nazareth didn't see many miracles was because not just of a, a lack of faith and having low expectations, but I also think there is a problem with over-familiarity. Overly familiarity. They just thought, hey, you know, we saw Jesus growing up. We've seen him in nappies. He's just, he's just the son of a carpenter. He's nothing special. And sometimes in our lives, we can end up missing out on God's message. We can end up missing out on God's miracle because we get caught up in judging the container that God wants to use to release the treasure. We can end up sometimes putting style over substance. We might, maybe we're hearing someone speak, whether it's in a one-to-one -one conversation, whether it's in a setting like this, or something that we're watching online, and maybe we say, oh yeah, they're not my style. You know, they're, they're uh, they're too fast paced, or they're too slow paced, or they're too loud, or they're too quiet, they're too old, they're too young, they're, they're a different culture to me. And we can end up missing out on what God wants to do. But we know even with this, the Palm Sunday message, we know that, that God can even use a donkey. We know in the Old Testament, God even spoke through a donkey. So again, don't get caught up in the container. Look for the treasure. I think it's really healthy to spend time with people that are very different to you. Sometimes we, we want to stay in a comfort zone where we just want to hang out with people that are like us. But you're never going to grow if you just stick around people that you feel comfortable with. If I look back over my own life and I look about how my life has changed over this, and I'm still a work in progress. I'm still learning, I'm still growing, I'm still on a journey. I've still got a long way to go. I've still got a lot of lessons to learn. But when I look back over my life, those people that had the biggest impact on my life were extremely different to me. Extremely different to me. But we need to be people that humble ourselves and say, Lord, I want to learn of you. 
I encourage you, spend time with different cultures, different nationalities, different generations. This is really healthy, and it's part of what the kingdom of God looks like. You know, you know in heaven, it's not just going to be all white middle-class people. Did you know that? Every, ta- every tribe, every tongue, people of all different you know, shapes and sizes and expressions and, and, and giftings and experiences... This is the picture, the diversity that we see. But there's a oneness. And I believe this is one of the great uh, witnesses of the church that when people come into the gathering and they see people of all different uh, types, shapes, sizes, ages, uh, nationalities coming together in unity as one. It's, it's a rare place where you don't see that you know, anywhere else with that level of love and unity. This is the power of Christian community. So don't become over familiar. You know, when Jim's preaching and he's sharing his message, and some of you, you know, Jim's a lot younger than some of you. And but don't let that stop you from receiving what God wants to communicate into your heart. This message today I've titled this Feed Your Faith and Raise your expectations. Turn to your neighbor and say, feed your faith and raise your expectations. Before you came to church today, You looked at the weather forecast, and the weather forecast said torrential rain, thunder and lightning. How many of you think that that might influence what you do for the rest of the day? Like maybe like what you wear, for some of you that like to wear, you know, white trousers or white shoes or you ladies, stilettos or whatever, you're probably going to have a think about, oh, I'm probably not going to wear that today because you don't want to get it muddy. Probably most of you would put on, you know, uh, at least a coat. Maybe some of you would bring a, an umbrella because there is an expectation that if you believe what has been declared, what's been shared by that weather forecast, then the evidence of your belief is in what you do. So if we are expectant for God, we need to be people that we're posturing ourselves, we're responding in a way that that shows evidence of our belief. I remember hearing about a guy who was uh, in in a village in Africa. They'd arranged a a prayer meeting and there'd been a drought in the land for a very long time. And they called a prayer meeting and say, let's pray that God will open the heavens and that there will be rain. And one guy, he showed up in a raincoat with an umbrella and it was baking hot. And I think, wow, love that. I love that expectancy because that's a picture of how you and I should be that we are so expectant that we are posturing ourselves in faith saying, God, we're looking for it, we're expecting it, we're going to get ready. We're going to start preparing now for what we don't yet see in, in the physical. But faith 
sees through a different lens. It sees things not as they are in the natural, but where it's going to be. If I think about if I'm waiting for a bus, how many of you here have ever waited for a bus? Most people waited for a bus, okay? And so if you're waiting for a bus and you know the time that the bus is coming, then then your expectation is going to be you're going to be keeping an eye on the, the clock, you're going to be expecting around that sort of time that the bus is going to arrive, and you, you, you're going to not just be you know, minding your own business, but you're going to be looking out, aren't you? You're going to be looking for that, that bus, looking for that right number uh, so that you can get on, because if you don't put your thumb out, you're going to miss it. So there's something about us in the spirit putting our thumb out and we're saying, I'm expecting that I'm going to get on. I'm going to move forward in the things of God. God is calling us to be a people that feed our faith and raise our expectation. I think about a lady when a lady becomes pregnant. And as a result of that, there is expectations that begin to rise. If, you know, normally there's some kind of scan that confirms that even though you might not be able to see anything in the natural, because it's all hidden, but the scan shows that, that there's a child on the way. And as a result of that, if that lady believes that the scan is true and that she's pregnant, what is she going to do? She's going to start getting ready for that child that she cannot yet see. Maybe she's going to start researching about motherhood and, and parenting. Maybe she's going to go out and, and buy a cot and you know, start getting the nursery ready and choosing colors and thinking about names and getting clothes and getting you know, teddy bears and certain you know, bottle warmers and all these sorts of things. The reality that if you believe something is going to happen, your expectation level causes you to pivot in, in the way that you think, in the way that you speak, and the way that you act. The level of our expectation can dramatically influence the level of our experience. How many of you in this room have ever heard of the placebo effect? The placebo effect. So there's been some, lots of experiments that have been done. This has been proved by medical science that the level of your expectation does dramatically impact your ability to get well. So they've had tests done where they'll say to someone, if you take this pill, and it could be like a sugar cube, they say, but this is a special pill. And if you take this pill three times a day for the next couple of weeks, you are going to get completely well from your ailment, from your disease, from whatever it is that you're going through. So people will believe that. They'll have an expectation of, oh, okay, if I do this, I'm going to get better. And even though it might be something that has no physical benefit, like a sugar cube, okay, they take it, but because of their expectation level, because of their faith, as a result, their body gets completely well. They're healed. This is like medical science. This is not faith. This is not in, in the faith community. This is medical science that are saying your level of expectation does have an impact on your life. 
They did a study uh, that proved that people with faith, generally speaking, tend to live longer, get well quicker, and have a happier existence. There was another experiment that was carried out where they got a, a large class and randomly they decided to do this experiment where they would um, randomly cut the, the class in two groups. They took one group into a room and told them, hey guys, you are here because you are in the top half of the most gifted, talented, bright, like you guys have, you know, have a really bright future. You're gifted and talented, and we want to really help you to kind of fulfill your potential. The second group was taken into a different room, and they were told, hey guys, look, we're just going to be honest with you. Um, you're in the bottom half of the, the class in terms of potential, in terms of your gifting, in terms of your ability. You know, you can still do well in life, but you're not as bright as the other guys. So there was a different level of expectation. One was really high, you're going to achieve great things. The other was kind of really low. Uh, and, and what was the result? They did some tests with these groups of people. What was the results? The results were those that sat under a high expectation, you're gifted, you're talented, you're bright, you're going to go really far. They really thrived and excelled. Generally speaking, they did really well. Whereas those who were told, you're not that great, you know, you're in the bottom half, they did not do as well. You see, here we see about the power of our expectations. I want to ask you, what thoughts are you cultivating? What language are you using? What actions are you taking to fuel great expectations in our God? Are you believing that God's directing your steps and that he wants to use you as a conduit for his power to flow and to transform lives Monday through to Sunday? As I was preparing this message, I started feeling like expectations arise as I'm praying, Lord, increase my expectation. Help me, Lord, to, to, to expect miracle signs of others. Help me to, to, to really believe that my steps are ordered by the Lord, that he leads me along paths of righteousness for his name's sake, that he's working all things together for my good. And I walked out of my house, and I'm walking down the road. I'm just walking to, 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 to work, and I'm literally a block away from the church, and uh, I see this guy, and he's walking towards me, and I think, I've not seen this guy for a long time. Maybe, I don't know, we, we haven't had a proper conversation for maybe 13 years, and we're both walking, and I'm thinking, I wonder if he remembers me. He's a barber. He's called Bob. He's walking towards me. I'm walking towards him, and I'm thinking, yeah, will he remember? And, and, and you know what it's like when you're walking past someone, and you're like... How's this going to go? Are we going to stop and talk? Or is it just going to be, hey, how are you doing? And we keep, keep anyone else know what I'm on about, you know, when, when that happens? And so it's like, do we stop? Is it going to be a bit awkward if I stop and he keeps walking? Or So anyway, so, but again, I've got this like expectation. My steps are ordered by the Lord. And I've not seen him for a long time. So I reckon there's a reason that God is crossing our paths. So as we're, as we're walking, I think, right, I'm going to say something. 
Even if he can't remember who I am, I'm going to say something. I said, hey, how are you doing? And, and, and he stopped. And I said, hey, your name's Bob, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, that's right. I said, do you still own that Barber's down in South Sea? He went, yeah, I do. He said, hey, I've, we've not spoken like this for a long time. I said, no, no, we haven't, have we? He said, hey, I'd, I'd love to uh, invite you to my Barber's and give you a free haircut. Hey, you know what? This is a free haircut. Some of you are like, yeah, we can tell. It, it's a free haircut. I, I got a free haircut. And here's the thing. The reality is that day it was on my plans to get a haircut. So I was already planning, right, okay, it's going to cost me 12 quid or whatever to get my haircut. But I sensed the Spirit of God say to me, go and have a haircut with that guy, with Bob. And, and so he says, hey, come down for a haircut. And I say, hey, um, yeah, okay, I'll pop down. It'd be great. I really felt that prompting that there was something more about a response. So I said, yeah, I'll come and get a haircut. I said, um, how, much, how much does it cost for a cut? And he went, oh, no, for you it's free. I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> so I said, hey, can I come down today? Uh, you know, would it be all right to come down today? He's like, yeah, come down today. I'm there all day. So... Uh, I plan, right, I'm going to go and get a free haircut. But, but I'm also thinking, no, no, this, this, the Lord is wanting to do something because then I've got a captive audience for 20, 30 minutes where I can start sharing. And Sometimes it's just about taking interest in people. It's not always about quoting the Bible at people. Taking interest, loving people, honoring people. So we had a great time just, just to share and, and connect and and as a result, at the end of that, that haircut, you know, I gave him an invitation to church and invited him for a coffee. I said, hey, we can either go for a coffee or I'll treat you to a pint down the pub. Again, it's just reaching out. But there's this thing, that sense of, hey, when you start really believing that this expectation thing is real and that God is great and that your steps are ordered by, suddenly things start to happen. But you have to be willing to respond. You have to be willing to go over to the socket and plug into the power because it's there if you want it. And when we connect, there is a flow. And I'm believing that Bob's going to get saved. Anyone else stand with me in prayer? Let's pray right now. Lord, we pray for Bob. We pray for his salvation. We pray that he will come to know you as his personal Lord and Savior. We thank you, God, that you are mighty to save. In Jesus' name, amen. I've discovered that when I have great expectations of what God wants to do in and through me, that I'm much more likely to see God do great things. Let's have a look at a passage of Scripture. In Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Verse 29, immediately 
her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? Because he was in a big crowd. There's a lot of people that were touching him, but there was something different about this lady's touch. There was something different about her expectation level that drew on the anointing. Verse 32. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. Trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Feed your faith. Raise your expectations. There's greater things that God wants to do in and through your life. But he's wanting to stir our hearts. He's wanting to stir our faith so that that we are believing for God to do great things in our midst. We see another... uh, piece of wisdom here in this scripture because we see that this woman actually when your expectation is placed in the wrong person or the wrong place it can be disastrous she had spent lots of money on experts that had told her hey come to us follow our program and you're going to get well and all that happened was she got worse and she lost more money so you've got to make sure that your expectations are rooted in the right person and in the right places The shift that took place was when she shifted her expectations onto Christ, everything changed. And this is a big lesson for us. That our expectations, our great expectations should not be based on the world, on the government, on material possessions, on anything that this world has to offer. When our expectations are rooted in Christ, that's where things begin to change we see this about the two blind men in Matthew 9 we we're not going to look at that whole passage but these two blind guys they get healed and it says that there's a key scripture in verse 29 Jesus says according to your faith let it be done to you in other words according to your expectation levels let it happen so what do you want what is your expectation What are you asking for? What are you believing for? Because all things are possible with God. There's unlimited power that's available to you that God wants to manifest in and through your life. As individuals, as families, as a church community. God wants to see this place filled. How many of you believe that this place can be filled? Yeah, God wants to fill this. All these empty seats should be filled to overflowing. Believe that that day will come, but when that day comes, don't get annoyed if suddenly someone sat in your seat, because it ain't your seat anyway. They're God's seats, and so we should celebrate that. And, if in, and, and even when the seats are not all filled, like if someone sits in your seat, don't get funny about it. Go and sit somewhere else. Sometimes God is even in the bumps in the road. 
And we were like, oh, but I always sit there. Well, hey, how about when you arrive next Sunday, don't sit where you normally sit. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, where do you want me to sit? Where do you want me to sit? Again, we're not just leaning into comforts, our comfort, our convenience, doing what we've always... If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. God's calling us to be a people that are led by the Holy Spirit. Led by Him. It's not about us living for ourselves. It's about living for the Lord. It's about living for a cause far greater than our own. Maybe if the keyboard player can come up just as we come into a closing. So I just want to give you five very quick keys for how we can feed our faith and raise our expectation. Number one, create a culture for sharing testimonies. Create a culture for sharing testimonies. Testimonies are a great way of causing faith to arise. And you've all got amazing stories and testimonies to share. Some current, some from the past. But as you share them, faith will begin to rise. Second thing, continue, continually sow the seed of God's word in the garden of your life. Like God's word is full of life. Read it. Listen to it. Meditate on it. Pray through it. Chew on it. Apply it. Think about it. Discuss it. The Word of God will cause fruitfulness in your life. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the more I feed on God's Word, the more it fuels and feeds my expectations in what God can do. Number three, protect Protect yourself from seeds of doubt, fear, and unbelief. You know, I think we have to be wise as believers that we have to guard our gateways. Be careful what you allow through your eye gate and your ear gate. Be careful about what you think about and meditate on in your mind. We have to start taking responsibility for these things. Don't just at the beginning of your day, you know, switch on the news and listen to all the negativity stuff. No, start off with gratitude. Start off with thanks for the Lord. Start off interacting with God. What, what he's got to say, what's his news? Sometimes that also might mean limiting the time that we spend with certain people that are neg negative. Now, obviously, we want to reach everyone. I'm not saying shut everyone out of your life that's negative. We want to be seeing them get saved. But sometimes the Lord will say, you've got to exercise some wisdom here. Because sometimes if you spend most of your time with people who are negative, you know, just constantly talking about doubt and fear and, oh, we'll never do this, we'll never do that. It's, it's low expectations and it's going to rub off on you. No matter how strong you are, eventually it will rub off on you. So we have to be wise. Sometimes the Lord might say we've got to cut certain relationships out of our lives. Sometimes it's about limiting it. Sometimes it's about establishing some strong, healthy boundaries. Number four, take up your mantle of prayer. Now, I really want to encourage this one. Turn to your neighbor and encourage them. Take up your mantle of prayer. Pray in your own language. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray, talk to God, listen to God, write down the revelations that he shares with you. And 
Ask God to deal with the unbelief and the low expectations in your life. Because none of us are perfect. We've all got room for improvement in this. And here's the final one. Establish memorial stones in your life. In the Old Testament, we read about memorial stones that when God would do great things, they would set up these, these pillars, these stones. And they would be triggers that when, when communities and people were passing by these pillars of stone, they would ask, what, what's happened? Why are those stones there? And they would tell stories about the goodness, the faithfulness, the miracles of God. And I find that when I'm in those times of discouragement, when I'm in those times where I'm low expectation, I'm saying, Lord, help me. I find it really helpful to remind myself, but come on, Daniel. Can't you remember what God did then? And you didn't think you were going to get through that. And you came through it. You, you were in lack in that situation. You didn't think there was going to be provision. But again, God provided. Set up memorial stones in your life and they will encourage you. Let's pray. Lord God, we, Lord, we want to be a people who feed our faith and that, Lord, that our expectations arise. Father, we repent for the times that we have not always had high expectations. Lord, we acknowledge like we need you. We need your help. So, Father, I just pray that, Lord, that that we would not be like Nazareth where not many miracles were done there because of their low expectations. Father, I pray, I pray for every person here, I pray for every person watching online, Lord, that you would fuel their expectations, that they would have a greater revelation of who you are, God, the God who can do anything, the all-powerful, almighty one, creator of the heavens and the earth. So, Lord, we just pray, let our faith arise. And, Lord, I pray, I pray for Waypoint Church community. I pray that, that, that even now they would begin to get a vision of the future, of a brighter future, of seeing greater fruitfulness, greater miracles, greater signs, greater wonders, people getting saved and delivered and prodigals returning home. I pray that the church will begin to pivot prophetically to make those changes that need to be made to prepare the nursery for those who are not yet here. Father, Father, we just say, have your way. Teach us your ways. Help us to feed our faith and to raise our great expectations that will be rooted and grounded in you because, Lord, we know that greater days are ahead. So we thank you for it, Lord, and we seal all of this in your precious name, in the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people in agreement said, Amen. God bless you all.